Amen. Hey, good morning, West Des Moines Open Bible. I'm so excited that you're here. If you're new, if this is your first time, I am so pumped for you because you're in for something. It's right about now. So we have this saying at West Des Moines, and it says this. It says, if you are a saint, a sinner, abused abuser, heartbroken, homeless, homebound, whore, lost, fearful, ADHD, liar, hypocrite, bastard, lover, cutter, tweaker, junkie, alcoholic, alone, adopted, abandoned, addicted, leftover, divorced, disillusioned, LGBTQ+, old, young, cheater, wealthy, poor, wise, despised, infected, rejected, pierced and tatted, or just a misfit, come on in. You are welcome here. Because we believe, we believe you belonged with Jesus before you started to believe in Jesus. And so we love you. We can't wait to share with you. And uh, man, what a powerful time of worship. Oh, sometimes I feel like that whole thing gets in the way of what I, what I want to do, you know? But it's like, what does God want? What does God want? And so um, this morning as, as we were worshiping and as God was just kind of pouring out to me, um, I think a lot of times we go through seasons of, of hardship, of brokenness, of struggle. And we think God has it out for us rather than what God's doing behind the scenes. I think there's times that when, when God's working behind the scenes, we think he's not even around us. I think there's times where we are going through the struggle, we're like, I can't feel him, I don't know if he's here, I don't see him working, I don't see what's going on, and really God is sitting there saying, you know what, I'm doing some behind the scenes work, because without this behind the scenes work, nothing's going to work out for you. And this morning I want to talk about a, a faith that's undeniable. We we've, we've, are in this faith series. We've been going through an unconditional faith, undistracted faith, unoffended faith, un blah, blah, blah faith, like all of it, right? God is still working on our faith. He's still challenging us to say, you know what? I don't want to be offended when someone believes something I don't. I want to know what God believes. I want to grow in that place so that when someone believes what I don't, I can stand my ground and really be in his word. I want to have that faith that says it's uncompromised. I want to live in that faith where, where it's unconditional, where I don't go around going, well, God, I'll, put, I'll do this if you do this. I, want to, like, I don't want to be in the season of struggle and go, God, if you... If you just say something to me, I will, I will be in this struggle for you. I want to be the person, and I pray that our church is the people that says, you know what, God, I want to be in the struggle because I know what you're doing in the struggle is worth your glory. I want to know that what you're doing in the midst of my hard season is going to impact the nation for your greatness. Whatever nation that is around you, whether that's your neighborhood, your school, your work, your, your friend group, your addict group, your recovery group, whatever place you find yourself in, how is God going to destroy what they once know, what they once knew to grow his kingdom in their life? Man, that just went all crazy, huh? 
you say there, man? What, what is it? That's not going to destroy. No- He's going to destroy what they once knew. The rubble of life that we, we built in our lives. He wants to take his bulldozer of love in our friends, in our lives, and in those people that we come across. He wants to take that bulldozer, and he wants to rip out all the rubble that we have put in our lives. And he wants to rip it out so he can start putting his foundation in there. And that, that season can hurt. It can also be glorious. And God wants to do that. But we have to live an undeniable faith. I put this at the top. We have to live like we believe. How many times do we walk around our house, our, our neighborhood, our grocery store, right? Aisle 9. It's there. Aisle, aisle 9. Uh, how many times do we walk around like we believe? Half the time... We walk around like, what's God ever done for me? And people pick up on that. Your family picks up on that. God sends people in our life, and we have to live like we believe. We have to walk around like we believe. And we have to walk around like we know, even when we don't feel him, that God is doing something in the background. See, sometimes God doesn't like the forefront. He doesn't like the stage. He likes being behind the stage. He likes to set up the stage anybody ever be you ever go to a concert anyone no one okay one or two yeah that's great you go to a concert and guess what if they don't put up the stage you don't have a concert if they don't put the speakers up you don't have a concert if they don't put hook the mics up you don't have a concert if they don't put the lights on how many go to a concert a big wig concert like one of those big huge stage concerts and, and there are no lights at a concert, right? It's like, no, hey, we're going to turn the lights off and really get this thing going. It's all dark. Someone didn't hook something up right. It wouldn't be a concert, right? You'd be like, this is lame. Or you go to an Ed Sheeran concert, and it's just him with his guitar, and you're like, this is lame. Someone has to be behind the scenes. Someone has to be supporting. Someone has to be growing it. And God wants to do that in our lives so that we can live an undeniable faith kind of life. He wants to walk with us and help us so that in the moments that we struggle to believe, in the moments that we struggle with life, that God shows up and he says, I'm right here with you even when you don't feel me because watch what happens next. But far too often, we live like we don't believe. There's a story in the Bible, it's Acts 4, if you have your Bibles, turn there. I'm not going there yet with the scripture, so hold on. But it it says this, it says that Peter and John were speaking to a crowd and then they were confronted by the temple guard and the high priest and then the captain of the temple guard and some of the Sadducees and the leaders, they became very disturbed that Peter and John were talking and preaching and sharing their faith. They became disturbed, and it was getting close to closing time. So they're like, what do we do? I don't want to go looking for them tomorrow, so let's arrest them today. How many times in our faith walk, how many times in our life do we feel like all of a sudden we've been spiritually arrested? Because I don't think any of us have been arrested for our faith, at least not in America. Maybe you have, and you're in a different country, or maybe you were arrested for your faith because you believed that meth was so good, you know? I see TJ back there. He's like, huh? Yeah, now I'm relating. Now I'm relating. Just messing. Man, I got to say something. I brought up meth. I went, I went back to the town I grew up in. Man, that is messed up. 
It's so jacked up. We need sober soldiers in Midland, South Dakota. So, my Sunday school teacher's house. I this is sad. It's it's such a rabbit trail, but it's funny because I drove into that town and no one recognizes me. It's been 20 years. There's less than 200 people. No one recognizes me. But as I'm driving by, I have the memory of this house looking this way. And it was a nice house. And now there's black garbage bags over every single window. I'm like, man. And it's not just one house. There's multiple houses. I don't know if that's a cookhouse or whatever, but whatever, you know. It's that's messed up. But that's... That's why God calls on people like us to show up. Because we walk into a town like that, we bring the light of Jesus, even when we don't feel it. We have to bring the light of Christ when, when everything seems so hopeless that hope finds its way in, because hope lives in you. It's undeniable that faith is so strong in you, in Christ, that people turn to you and they want to be around you. This week I rode my bike 335 miles, 22,000 feet of climb. And it's crazy because as I start passing people, I'm like, you've got this. You can do it. It's a long ways up. I never once said, hey, it's all downhill from here. Like, first day I'm going up a hill. I'm like, I got to share this story. First day I'm going up a hill and, and I got to stop because I'm like, my leg, I'm not out of breath. My legs hurt. We've been going up. We went up 33 miles. It was awesome. I loved it. I got up that one. That was only 3,000 feet of climb. That was great. I was going fast. I was fresh. Then we came down the hill, and then we had another two-mile hill. That two-mile hill was steep. 13% grade, 10 at times. And I had to pedal up that, so I said, I'm, I'm going to stop for a second. I'm going to wake up my legs. And as, I'm, as me and my, my new friend who I met going up the first hill because I passed him, and he's like, I can't keep on going this person's speed. I'm going to go his speed, right? I was dumb. I was going fast. But <laughs> we were going up the hill, and, and I had to stop and wake up my legs, and this lady, she put up all the signs. She drove over to the next town, put up the signs, and she's coming back, and she's like, it's all downhill from here, and I'm looking up the mountain. <laughs> I'm like... You're an idiot. Like, it is for you. But the thing is, we have to have that undeniable faith that says, even though it's all uphill, go down it. Go down that road that's going to take you uphill. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be painful. But you know what? You can take a break, get back on the bike, learn how to pedal uphill, and go. How many ever stop on a hill? How many of y'all are ready to take off from that stop? That's why I clip in. <laughs> Easier to fall, you know? But that's the thing. Like, Jesus has called us not to be those people. And here, Peter and John are in the temple. They're speaking to a crowd. They're preaching to a crowd. They're talking about Jesus and the resurrection. And these temple guards just want to go ahead and shut down the temple and put them in prison so they don't have to go look for them. How many lazy people we got in here today? Yeah, I'm that person. I'm going to lock you up. I'm, I'm shutting down. We're shutting down. You're getting out. 
you got to go to prison. I'm not going to look for you tomorrow. We're going to put you in prison. What they didn't know, what the temple guard didn't know, what Peter and John might not have known, is that in the midst of their struggle, God was working on the other side. God was working in the background. God was still working. Because let me tell you, when I got to the top of that peak and I started going down, that 42 miles an hour felt real good. Felt a lot better than that 10 mile an hour. But God showed up so I could be able to do that. So I was able to go the distance. So I was able to pedal every single mile of that ride last week. It doesn't matter what's happening now because he's creating in you a new muscle. He's creating a new muscle that's going to say, I'm going to go out in boldness. I'm going to go out in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go to all the leaders. I'm going to go out to the supermarket. I'm going to go out to the gas station. I'm going to find my aisle nine on pump three. Like, Jesus is going to show up, and he's going to start doing things. But you might be struggling in the moment, but you're going to turn to someone and go, man, I really feel like the Holy Spirit's saying you, you need prayer this morning. I'm, I'm going to show up, and I'm going to say, you know, in the midst of my struggle, as much as I need Jesus, I know I have him. I'm going to share him with you. Because in the midst of my struggle, you can't get me down. You know, the, the greatest breakthrough in the midst of struggle is finding the joy you shouldn't have. You, you better write that down because I just came up with that. Somebody. Because the greatest struggle, or what, see, I don't even remember. <laughs> Hopefully it's recording. Go back online. You know? Because in your, the midst of your greatest struggle, the only thing that's going to have the greatest breakthrough in your life is where you find that joy you shouldn't own. But God's calling on you to have that undeniable faith that joy shows up when it shouldn't. Man, I want to walk out. People, people say this about me, and I don't know why, because I'm normally angry, but they say, man, you have this joy. You have this joy. I don't know if I could ever have that joy. I got news for you. If you think I'm that guy, you can. Because if I got a joy on me, it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit, you know? And that's, that's the thing. Throughout the entire ride, I haven't even gotten to Scripture yet. Come on. Throughout the entire ride, people started coming around. They started knowing my name. This lady's on the side of the road, and I didn't have to stop. I didn't have to. She had two guys with her trying to help her change a tire, and I saw they were struggling. You know, like you ever see that person? They're just struggling. And I stopped to the, on the side of the road, and I said, hey, can I help you? She had a flat tire. I come over, and I'm like, dude, you're doing it wrong. You ever come across a moment in the midst of your struggle, and God says verbally to you, you're doing it wrong? You hate it, don't you? You're like, fine, God, you do it. That's what this guy did, except he said, fine, whatever your name is, kid, do it. Within five minutes, he had been there 10 already, and he had just gotten the bill off. And five minutes later, the tire was pumped up and back on the bike because God sometimes shows somebody else the struggle, and they come in saying, I've got you, I'll support you. That young lady's name, she was like 95, that young lady's name, Carmen from Fargo. I said, as I left, I said, leave the wood chipper at home. That's only if you've seen Fargo. But God says, you know what? We have to live that faith. And I didn't do it for anything. The rest of the week, that lady goes, Ben, Ben, I'm so glad to see you today. I said, Carmen, I'm so glad to see you today. Are you still doing all right? Are your tires okay? Are there flats? Have you had any more? 
and we started talking. We got to know each other. I got to pray with her. I got to ride with her. I got to show her how to do it because then I took off on her, you know? But sometimes that's how God does. He shows you how to do it, and then he goes on. But then you feel like you're struggling again. Because who's riding with you up that hill? All right, let's dig into Scripture. You ready? So they're in prison, right? They're in prison all night. It's because of the boldness of the Holy Spirit. And check this out. Acts 4.13 says this. They're in front of a court. It's the next morning. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they, on, they were only ordinary men and no special training in the scripture. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Man, I want to be recognized when Jesus isn't around as a man who's been with Jesus. I want to have that undeniable faith that no matter what happens, when some lady's preaching the gospel so passionately that people are running away, that I show up to support her and hold her hands up. I want to be that guy that says, you know what, it doesn't matter what they think of me. I don't care. I've disagreed with them. I've loved them. I've loved them. And I've loved them. And even when God doesn't show up in their life, I still do because God's in me. We have an opportunity, a responsibility to be there in the midst of our own struggle for those who are struggling. But Ben, is their struggle so light? Good. Then make it lighter. Our call is not to pinpoint whose struggle is lighter and whose isn't. Ours is to go deeper. Because when we go deeper, our burdens are lighter. Jesus said that his father's burdens are light. I once said this a long time ago. I said that the heaviest burden a Christian can carry is the gospel without sharing. Because when we have the gospel and don't share, our life will become heavy. Because it'll become unbearable. You have this news that you have to share. You have this life you have to share. You have these people who are hurting around you. They should become your new burden. You cry out for them. You help them. You guide them. Because Jesus cares about the person. That's why he went to the cross. That's why he did what he did. That's why we have to go and grab on to undeniable faith. Because he's calling on us to do the work that he's put us here for. Goes on, it says this. Verse 14, but since they could see the men who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. So now, now we got... This miracle man standing in the corner going, what are you going to do? You know, you have to have facts beyond a reasonable doubt. And there's a man who must be doing something because he was lame. He was broken. He was hurting. But look at him now. He's glowing. He's walking. He's standing. He's moving. But if Peter and John didn't share the gospel, if they didn't lay hands on, if they didn't go and pray that the that the Lord of this universe, that Jesus, the Savior of our lives, could heal him. And Jesus showed up and healed him when he wasn't even around. If they didn't do that, there would be no fact. There would be no push. There would be no eyesight. There would be no hope. Because that gives the people that are going through the struggle the hope that Jesus lives. 
How many times in our life have we walked around a miracle and we've been like, wow, God, you live. And then we become accustomed to the miracle that we stop thinking, wow, God, you live. Instead, we think, man, my life is hard. And here, in this moment, it was so fresh that it broke down the walls. It broke the chains. It started moving mountains. And it's because the council could not deny the faith that Peter and John had. Physical man was standing in the room. I want you to think about that. How many times is someone spiritually standing in the room because you're here? How many times have you seen someone physically stand in a room because you're here? Because you shared a little bit of your story because God had worked through your story and you said, I'm going to choose undeniable faith today. Acts 14, or sorry, 4.16 says this. It says, what should we do with these men? The counselor is still confused. How many confused people we got in this room today? It's okay. I get it. I'm kind of jumping. They asked each other, we can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign, and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from speaking their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. I just love this because they're so conniving. They're absolutely ridiculous. How many things in our world try to stop us from preaching the gospel on the benefit of, well, let's be PC? I'll tell you what, this week I was not PC. There were a lot of liberals around me. Sorry? But God showed up anyway. Man, we were having fun. I was hanging out with this group, and they said, Man, Ben, I like you better on a bike. <laughs> like, me too. Me too. But God still showed up, and we were still able to become friends and love each other and care for each other because we realize jokes are jokes and fun is fun, and God is God above everything else, above all the ideas that we each have, it comes back to Jesus being the Lord of, and Savior of my life. And that's where my faith becomes undeniable. That even though I could be wrong on a political issue, I'm not wrong when it comes to, deny, to, to my undeniable faith. I'm not wrong when it comes to salvation. I'm not wrong when it comes to heaven. I'm sorry if you think I am, get over it. It's in the Bible and that's my, that's my truth. That's the thing that produces what I need in my life. When the Bible says something, we can't go in and go, well, let me interpret this in my way. I got to interpret it in God's way. Lord, I'm too dumb to understand this. Will you speak through me? Will you speak it to me? Will you unveil my eyes so I can see what you're saying? Every single time. But it doesn't matter what everything else is in my life. It only matters what God is saying. Do we live a life like we believe that. We lived a life like every day we wake up, we could, be, we could have been wrong for 20 years on something that doesn't matter and be okay admitting that we were wrong. Because that's the undeniable faith we, we need. We need that faith that says, you know what, if I'm wrong, I still believe. If I'm wrong, I still choose him. And in this moment, these council members weren't willing to admit they're wrong. You see that? They're like, hey, we got to stop them from, from furthering their propaganda. I don't know about you, but I didn't think Jesus' life was propaganda. 
I don't think his death on the cross was propaganda. I don't think that Stephen dying on the cross was propaganda. Or Stephen dying, on, Stephen dying by stones was propaganda. Praise the Lord for people who correct me without saying anything. Amen. The thing is, is that we are called today to take the stance that Stephen took when he was preaching the gospel, serving a plate of food. He was serving people food, and he was preaching the gospel, and the high priest didn't like it. They imprison him, and they commit him, and, and they're like sentencing him to death, and they start stoning him. And in the moment, he says, forgive him, Father. He took a key from Jesus' own death and said, forgive him, Father, for they know not what they do. We have to live a life in our, in our world that's no matter what, even when they are, are yelling at us, even when they are mad at us, even when they don't agree with anything that I say, it's okay. Because here's the thing. When you choose Jesus and you live a life of Christ, they're going to hate you. When you choose to love Jesus beyond worldly understanding, they're going to hate you. Are you ready for the hate? Are you ready for the disappointment? Are you ready for the feeling of loneliness? Because when you walk with Christ, there are moments where loneliness is going to come. And we have to stand up and say, I know, Lord, I know you're working in the back. I know that when I don't feel you and I feel lonely, I know you're right here. I'm going to deny my lonely feeling, and I'm going to know you're right here, God. And we're going to cry out to him because I have an undeniable faith. You have to have this such strong faith that it doesn't matter what's going on because every time something comes against us, we have to know he's here. It says this, it says in verse 18, so they called the apostles back in and commanded them never to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. So many places in our world today are telling us, don't you dare speak. You go to work, don't you dare talk about your religion. You go to school, don't you dare talk about your religion. Now, nowadays, like when I was went, going to school, it was don't talk about your religion, but where I went to school, Christianity was the only origin, religion in my school. But nowadays, it's like, don't talk about Christianity. Don't you bring your Bible to school. There's a court case right now that says we're taking God out of everything. And they're not talking about this God or this God. They're talking about the God Christians follow. We have to live in such a way that the way we live speaks louder than the words coming out of our mouth. That when people see us, they're asking us the questions because how do you have such joy? How do you have this ability to overcome your struggle? How do you have the ability to love someone in the midst of their struggle when I see you and I know your struggle's bad? Because I have an undeniable faith in the King of Kings who loves me and gave himself for me before his death. He showed up in my life with my name on his mind on that cross. We overcome. In Acts 4, 19, it says this, But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. Come on. If you've seen it, you need to talk about it. If you've heard it, you need to share it. You can't stop. You can't shut up. You're the annoying pest in the room. God is showing up. 
People are getting upset. And guess what? They're saying, I need to leave my life and go after Jesus because that's what matters. It does nothing else matters in this world but the love of Jesus. Do you live like it? Thank you. That's my warning. I was supposed to be over a minute ago. Do we actually live like the love of Christ is the most important thing, not only in our lives, but theirs too? Man, I want to tell you about Jesus. I want to tell you how he blessed me. But more so, I want to share that story because I know he'll bless you in the same way. No one wants to hear that. This lady I was riding with, she goes, you know, I was telling somebody about Jesus, and I was, she was so passionate, so passionate about Christ. She's like on her bike, ah, and it started raining that day. It was kind of funny. I met her, and, and she's like, oh, you believe in Jesus too? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, duh. And we started talking, and I saw people turning because Jesus' name was mentioned. And I see people start riding away, not off, just away, because we are talking about the glory of God. And all of a sudden, she's like, you know, I was talking to this person, and she started getting annoyed with me, and she kind of took off, and I was just like, well, I planted a seed. I was like, yeah, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person that annoys people away. I want to be the person that says, I'm going to plant a seed, and I'm going to let it sit for a second. And then I'm going to come back, and then I will hear it a little bit. Then I, you know, right before they get annoyed, you know. Jesus loves you. I see I didn't get the whole you out. You know? You. Like, you kind of go like, you know what I'm saying? We gotta be, we gotta be strategic with the life that the Lord has. Even more so, it might take days and days, and you don't share the you for six days, but you share Jesus loves, and that's all that matters. You let it sit for a second, and then you come back. Days and days later with the you because you make it personal. But the whole time they see you living. You, they see you living. They see you living because Jesus reigns. They're getting annoyed the whole time. How can you have that joy? How can you be that happy? How can you have that peace? How can you have that patience? How can you have that self-control? Don't you know what God has done to me? He's done so many good things. You can too. you like we gotta live that life we gotta live that life our faith is so undeniable that when someone even peeks at us they gotta run from us because jesus is so alive it doesn't matter your personality your uh, identity it doesn't matter your political stance it doesn't matter it, what matters is Jesus. If you don't have him, you'll never become what he's called you to become. You'll never be what, what he's asked you to be in this world. And he has a job and a plan and a purpose for each and every individual in this world, on this planet. And who knows, I just saw something about UFOs. Ridiculous. But you know what I'm saying? God is directing this world 
and you have a plan and purpose in his life. And it's to be an undeniable faith person. Because he's called you to be stronger than you are. He's called you to be the person that you don't think you can be. And I love it. I love it. Peter and John are just so much like, <clears throat> excuse me? What'd you say? I can't shut up. You're asking me to shut up. I can't shut up. I got to open up because I know what God has done. Acts 4.21 says this. The council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. The only thing I can say is in today's day and age, we got to start riots. Just kidding. Don't do that. It's bad. Please don't. That's wrong. We all know what happened a couple years ago. We have to rise up against the injustice that is being provoked and unleashed on this world against Christ. If we believe that Jesus lives, we got to live that life. We got to live like we believe. We got to go out like we believe what God is doing is the greatest thing. And when the struggle gets real, we got to know he's working in the background. When we can't seem to step forward, we got to know he's working in the background, that he's doing something, that he's setting up the stage, that he's, you know what? We can actually read about it. It's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that he's already done some background work. So we got to know he's still working in the background. But we got to live like we believe it. How many times are we living like we believe it? These two men were not punishable because of their faith. They showed up through the healing of the supernatural. Their faith was undeniable because the Holy Spirit showed up in their life and was doing things supernaturally through them. And guess what? When the world came at them and said, we're going to punish you, but then couldn't because they were afraid of people, I want you to look at the world and say, which side is afraid of what side? Because if we're afraid of people world side or God's side we're afraid of what people think we've just chosen the world side gotta knock it off I'm not an undeniable faith person when I choose to be afraid of people this is where I say in a couple months I'm gonna be voted on again and do what you want you want me out vote no I'm good with that God's got me he's already started planting something up here no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on. You like that? Hey, if you don't like me, become a member and let's vote. Um, membership classes will be signing up somewhere. Make it happen. Um, <laughs> but that's the reality. I don't care if, if you say no because I am who I am. Good. But really, you need to ask God, what does God have before you vote? And if God says vote no, then vote no. I'm okay with that. Doesn't matter. Because I'm not going to choose your side just because you're people. I'm going to choose God's side because God's God. You know? I want that undeniable faith that says, show me the door if that's what you want because God's got me outside that door just like he has me inside this door. Right? How many of y'all are with me? How many of y'all? How many of y'all this morning? How many of us are walking out this door today and we're going to say, you know what? Jesus... I want to go out undenying, undenying you. I want to walk out with the toughest of tough situations where God shows up. I just heard about a situation. Can I, can I just say this? 
Yeah. I just heard about a situation. She's been worrying about it, haven't you? Yeah, a little. Yeah, losing sleep, stuff like that. She's been worrying about it, and God shows up. God shows up, and we're like, hey, God, you still got some work to do. Come on. Keep it going, God. Keep it going. And even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, even if he does something crazy and you go through a little bit more trial, Jesus, I know, I know you've got something. I know you've got it on the other side. I know I am who you called me to be. I know you're directing me. I know you've got this choice. I know it's coming back. I know you're doing something different. And God, I'm here for it. I'm here for it because I know no matter what, your glory is proclaimed because it's about you. I'm undenying. I'm not denying God anything anymore. Lord, I'm choosing you. Let's pray. Lord, I'm choosing you today. I'm choosing you tomorrow. I'm choosing you the next day. Lord, I want to walk out this door with you just emanating off of me. Lord, I want you to be throwing up on everybody. I want you to be just showering on people that when I walk by, the Holy Spirit touches them and they burn up. Lord, I pray that they just start sweating. They sweating because you're coming after them. You're just, I'm going to get you. And Lord, I pray that you get them. Lord, I pray that our city finds you. Lord, I feel like they need your love. They need your joy. They need your patience. They need your long endurance. Lord, I pray that they would find you. Lord, I pray that a hope above all hopes would come over this city. Lord, that, that your love just penetrates into their hearts and that they find you. Lord, I pray that the rubble of this life, of this world, would be swept away and that they would know you more. Because, Lord, I'm, I'm not denying you. I'm accepting you. I'm choosing your way. Lord, teach me to obey all your commands. Teach me to love you the way you want to be loved. Lord, send me to do the same for others, to teach them, to raise them up, to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us, encourage us, and direct us this morning. I pray you would, you would move mountains for us this morning. Lord, I pray that you would help us feel you in the background, see you in the background of our struggle. And Lord, that we would walk out just so, so much stronger in our faith today than yesterday. Lord, be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I love you. Have a blessed day.